0: In today's feature, we have a conversation with Christiana Ngaleai about the reasons she left the city for her homeland. As a Polynesian artist, Christiana changed the story for young musicians in American Samoa. After listening to the podcast, check out her music shared below. Now, let's hear from Christiana about the city she makes. Christiana's with us here today because she's been a profound culture maker in a particular place of the world that we often forget, don't talk a lot about, and so we're really excited to have her because it's a new endeavor for us at World Love Spoken to have guests that are musical artists. We haven't had that just yet, and so we're looking forward to that. So today we'll be talking about some of her music and some of what she ended up doing, where she ended up moving. I'm trying to keep that cliffhanger there, but let me let her introduce herself. Christiana, why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from, some of those pieces.
1: Okay, so I can I can end the cliffhanger? Yes, <laughs> you can end the cliffhanger. <laughs> okay, so I'm from a small island called American Samoa, and it's a territory of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So down in the South Pacific, yeah, and I, I like how you said sometimes that part is a little bit overlooked, you know, yeah. because it's so small and because these populations are so tiny. But yeah, so I just love music and looking to... Record some more, make some more music. Writing is something that I'm interested in, but ultimately it's more of a like looking for endeavors that can benefit the community. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you
0: say is your genre, just so that people get kind of introduced to oh, your man. music? Oh yeah. And, even and we're gonna that, share some of your music. With oh, this. are and we? So, okay. Yeah, we'd like to at Yay, least if you let us. I
1: would love that. <laughs> I think my genre so low-key i kind of want to make a new genre okay talk to us about it <laughs> so there's urban latin music right okay yeah i want to make urban polynesian music
0: urban polynesian music is yeah, there is that's there not a, really a thing <laughs> is there an artist who represents like a Ooh, like I would a say
1: kernel of that you know like yeah. the seed of it is something man i gotta do a shout out to fiji. fiji he's like an he's like a one of those artists that everyone listens to Uh like Uh whether you're from samoa hawaii new zealand anywhere in the south pacific you know who he is yeah mostly because he like he was one of the few artists like that everyone could relate to sure no matter what island you were from and he did many different styles, many different songs.
0: I think I've heard his stuff. He does some hip-hop, some reggae. Yeah. 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 I think I've heard his stuff. I hope you have. I, I th- think, yeah. yeah. You may have shown him to me, actually.
1: Actually, I think I have. When yeah. We were, yeah. yeah. I think I've, I I must have because I'm proud that, you know, he's still making music. He, totally. Yeah. He's been in the game for a while. He For a while. Yeah. And he's one of those people that, like, the older generation – can be fond of and the mm-hmm. younger ones aren't like embarrassed to have him on your phone you know totally <laughs> like yeah so he he's pretty cool there, there's
0: a guy like that for us puerto ricans and there's a lot of okay. connections here in terms of puerto ricans and yeah uh, america samoa we're yep. also uh, a territory, territory yep. and so uh, that, like, we experience some of the dynamics of that and i'd love yes, to have sir. you talk about that a little bit here in a minute but there's a guy like that in puerto rico's <laughs> name is vico c he okay. was one of the oh, first yep. ever like rappers in general yeah. in, in the Spanish world. Yep. Uh, there's some people I think who even say he was the first. I know mm. that's a little debated, but, yeah. um, and same thing, you know, uh, yeah. the old heads, they, they, they know, love yeah. listening to the old cassette tapes. Cause he started even back then. Oh man. And even the young guys still don't mind having them on their phone and, and, yeah. and they pay their respects. They know yeah. that that's a significant person yes. to the formation of that genre.
1: Yep. Yeah. So I, I feel like it would be disrespectful to not mention Fiji because totally. he has broken down so many ideas that, you know, we we could subconsciously say, no, we can't do that because we're from this part of the world. Yeah. Or no, we can't sound like that or experience different, what you said, genres or, yeah. you know, even levels of professionality in music. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. So he's yeah.
0: Tell us more about that. What are some of those things that people in America Samoa just imagine mm-hmm. are inaccessible to them?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I feel like I'm comfortable with saying that it is changing now, which is exciting with with more accessible technology. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like our the the younger generation, like 30s and younger, we've been set up well by, you know, those who have gone before it yeah those developments yeah like Fiji like he Mm -hmm. was the one who like first said I'm gonna do this I don't care whoever's not you know who doesn't like it but now we have the chance to run with it a little bit more but I think it's easy to say I'm only going to make music that like serves a very narrow people group Mm -hmm. but I think now those who are younger and those who are more um prone to dream see the value of our voice in a global conversation yeah instead of saying no we're just going we're just ones and only one people want to hear this yep and it's like i don't believe that yep you know i think that there's a place for people from small island nations absolutely to be heard absolutely and i think that's not a that's not a revolutionary idea anymore mm-hmm. and that's exciting mm-hmm. the fact that it's becoming normal mm-hmm. to say hey what we have is valuable like our sounds are pretty cool and that and other people could benefit from our perspective yeah you know so that's cool yeah Yeah,
0: no that's interesting that idea that there's a global conversation happening Mm -hmm. and the small islands still Mm -hmm. have a genuine place at the table yeah to produce (laughs) uh, and america samoa is not even it's so
1: uh, yeah
0: it's not like a small island some Mm -hmm. ignored place right yeah And, and yet we have a seat at the table, right? Puerto yeah. Rico has a seat at the table. Yeah, okay, it makes me think of I don't know if you know of an artist. He's technically I think considered hip hop. Stromae, he's from no. Belgium. Okay. Uh, interesting. His story is is somewhat interesting in that he um he's he's from Belgium, mm-hmm. and I guess the way that works in Belgium, you know, you're an artist who made it if you actually make it in France, making French oh. uh, making music in French. Okay. And he managed to get his song as a number one hit for mm-hmm. quite a while in france mm-hmm. but it was not in french it mm-hmm. was in the dutch that they also okay. speak because yeah. i know the belt yeah. uh mm-hmm. people in belgium speak both i'm pretty sure he speaks dutch wow. and so it was a big deal because That's he was awesome. able to say like no we don't have to capitulate yep. to the bigger nation yeah. We we can do things our way i'm
1: so for that uh, yeah i'm all for that yeah like, so, so tell
0: me more about it how 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 did you <laughs> how did you live that out
1: man that's exciting to me so i'm all for the idea of uh preserving Mm -hmm. what you have been handed down yeah and just recognizing the beauty of inheritance Mm -hmm. and seeing the depth of what has already been laid because i think for those who are i think every individual has to go through self-identity you know yeah and like discovering what does that even mean especially now in this age where you have like so many biracial or multi-ethnic type of communities you know and self-identity is a process I feel like every individual takes time to figure out
0: absolutely and
1: one of our reactions could be to reject what we inherit yep mostly because of expectations or you know false facades of this is what you need to be to connect to that I think that's what I struggled with was like, my parents are born and raised in Samoa.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Man, my mom, ooh, yep, she the one. She will, <laughs> she is very much, so we're part of, we're from a small island called Manua or Ta'u, and that's quite a ways from the main island of American Samoa. Okay. Um, And both of my parents have roots there. Okay. So they're very like, very in touch with, traditional you know dialogue like speeches and just ceremonies
0: yeah they're in the culture yeah
1: and i'm a product of that but we moved away from american Samoa when i was in first grade mm. so i would hear them speak so richly about our culture but we would be living in japan or i would be in the middle of the hood in alabama you know like every three years we would move around wow So that identity would change because I was so young based on my environment. And my reaction could have been, I'm not someone because I didn't grow up there. Or I'm not, you know, because I don't fit into this box, then I'm not considered someone,
0: Right. And because you're experiencing all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. Giving you shape and yep. making you who you are. Yes, it's quick to say that's nah, not a part of my yeah. Inheritance.
1: Yep, and I think especially with American territories too, because right. we're so, it's so prone to be westernized. You yep. know, <laughs> yeah, well, because Rico, we are. Yeah. I mean, we got the passport, you know. Yep. so it's like, dang, but I think there's so much richness found in recognizing where you're from and having that inform your present day yeah you know, so how do you make sense of
0: the inheritance you have as <laughs> mm-hmm. an American Samoan America Samoan how, how do I say that well um
1: yeah American Samoan okay
0: how do you navigate having that inheritance mm-hmm. plus all the other experiences that you take with you mm-hmm. from all the different places that you've been to I mean Japan yeah. Alabama right like yeah how are how did how is Christiana yeah both American Samoan as well as yeah. someone who lived in Japan, someone who lived in Alabama. Yeah. How, how do you how do you make sense of all of that? Yeah.
1: Man, so at first I kind of went into the trap of I need to fit this box. And if I don't, then it it was more out of respect mm-hmm. because I saw the tradition so um held and cherished by my parents, I didn't even want to touch it because I didn't feel like I was worthy. You know, yeah, I was, it was like, sort of holy. In that yeah, regard. it was I was it really is in many ways sacred because it's been passed down mm-hmm. and like it holds value to a certain people group. That's beautiful, you know, and I didn't want to touch it because I felt so different and I didn't want to taint anything. So it was a war, you know, because I spoke differently <laughs> and I had a different type of humor You know, you grow up and you change and you're you experience so many different types of things. But I realized by the grace of God, okay, that things do not need to be at war with each other. Hmm. They can coincide within a city and within Mm -hmm. a person Mm -hmm. and be fluid and not, you know, battling for space. It can all exist and be true to that certain moment in time yeah so i'm and it took a while like throughout into college i'm sure you probably remember i don't know but that was a big battle for me in college was finding how to be authentic to my story yeah in a way that was not borrowing or stealing from anybody else's yeah but really true to me yeah um yeah yeah
0: and i mean for people that don't know christiana and i we met actually in college at the <laughs> moody bible institute yeah, yes we did um, she was <laughs> doing art here music she had her own radio show on our campus radio station a small time <laughs> yeah no small time on this campus was big time <laughs> and and it was it was a fun it was a fun connection because yeah. there was a there was like a small kind of group of us i was yeah. doing spoken word yep. we were doing music you know taiwan mm. was doing things we Emily, had jasmine were, sims yeah was my person. shout out to jasmine for sure yeah <laughs> they was this small group kind of a mixed bag of people mm-hmm. from all over the world really yep, yep. trying to make sense of i remember one of the experiences <laughs> i'll never forget and i think you know where i'm going with this is missions conference yep. i performed and you immediately followed me mm-hmm. and i i remember getting up on stage and saying this is a song on behalf of the four puerto Ricans on this yep, campus <laughs> yep and what was shocking was four was already a small number right Mm. the crowd was already sort of astonished when I said there was only four of us Mm -hmm. and you got up and said this is a song from the only (laughs) American Samoan on campus yeah and and it was it was a this profound moment of kind of contributing Mm -hmm. from two parts of the world that were you know had small representations in this Mm -hmm. thing and so I love that idea of what we make, Mm -hmm. uh, and the city as well as people as part of who we are, it doesn't have to be this conflict. It can actually be something that we make from all the streams that we pull. That that seems to be the metaphor that that, that coming up in my mind. It's like a river or a stream Mm -hmm. that we we carry with us forward. Mm -hmm. All those experiences, Mm -hmm. all of that cultural inheritance, and that kind of drives our making. It drives what we make, what we create, both in art and in general.
1: For sure. Yeah,
0: that's really beautiful. For those that don't know, someone that's really helping us here in the room, his name is Lucas Manning. <laughs> You've seen pictures of him on our World Outspoken Instagram. Lucas and I have talked about something like this before. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien, most people know him as the Lord of the Rings yes. guy. Yeah. He wrote a book called, or not a book, it's really a small like essay, I guess, okay. called On a Fairy Story, I believe is the title. Hmm. And it's really interesting because, and, I, and I'm going to stop telling stories and go back to you here in a minute, Christiana. No, I like
1: this. What did he say?
0: He talks about he's trying to make sense of why he wrote the Lord of the Rings or what he's doing when he wrote the Lord of the Rings, right? Like what exactly is he making? Right. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he made a world and it had languages and fairies and all these things. Right. And so ultimately he boils it down to one metaphor and he says that fairy stories are important to us as humans. We need those kinds of stories Mm -hmm. because they introduce what he calls like a secondary world, another mm. world altogether mm-hmm. that we can go into and see then our world just a little bit better. Right? So we go into the secondary world and then we come back out of it into our world being a little more clear about what is true, being a little more clear about what is beautiful, a little mm. more clear about what is good, right? Yeah. And and what he says when he's doing this whole secondary world, primary world that that, that kind of idea He introduces this metaphor. He says, when I'm writing a fairy story, when I'm making a secondary world, really all I'm doing is I'm sticking a ladle in this big cauldron where there's this huge soup that's getting cooked up. Mm. And that soup has all of history in it, all the characters of history, you know, King Arthur, David, Goliath. I'm thinking of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. I got stuck here for a <laughs> second. Muhammad <laughs> Ali, all the characters of history, right? Okay. Everyone in there. But it also has all the characters of fantasy, right? So you got Sherlock mm. Holmes, you got Santa Claus, mm. you've got all these characters. And you throw all of that, languages, characters from history, yeah. events, everything gets thrown into the soup and then everyone who tells a secondary story who tells a fairy tale what they're doing is just they're taking one small ladle Mm -hmm. and drawing out the elements that that ladle picks up so Mm -hmm. you might pick up santa claus and muhammad ali in one breath yeah right or you might pick up sherlock holmes and a significant puerto rican figure from history Mm -hmm. right Um, and every time i think of culture Mm -hmm. I think of that metaphor because I I think people are those ladles, right? Yeah. We pick up from the big old cauldron of life, right? The big old cauldron of the cultural world. We just pick up kind of our own stew. We Mm. have our own cup of historical figures that resonate with us. Yes. Fantastic characters that are ours. Mm -hmm. Rituals and habits that our parents gave us, right? Mm. And then we get to make... What something with that like, yeah right we okay, get to make something with that yes and so that that's what it sounds like you're saying in terms of that mm-hmm. stream idea right mm-hmm. we we don't have to be conflicted about all the things that are in our stream mm-hmm. we were given
1: yes all
0: of these elements to make with yeah
1: and right. i think that's going to be something that becomes more common in this day and age mm-hmm. especially with like the accessibility of different types of people yeah and different types of narratives yep and I was thinking about that earlier was uh, we have the, so with the ladle thing, we're becoming the ability to edit what we pick up yeah. is really interesting. What do you mean by that? So you can surround yourself with the stories that you choose to, to certain extent. Right. Or sure. you can like, for example, your timeline on like a social media thing. Yep. Like you can choose to block, ignore, follow. So you are choosing what type of narrative is being, is shaping your perspective. Yeah, you're
0: curating it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think that's interesting, too, thinking about how does culture affect different types of people? Because then, I don't know, we have the ability to see, like, which we choose to, you know, focus on more. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah, I mean that, that curating process certainly we are making ourselves, right? In the way yeah. that we make, yes, we make ourselves. When yeah. we make things we make ourselves. Yes. There's like a symbiotic relationship yep. mm-hmm. in that, right? Yeah. And so for sure, when, when we when we curate our timelines, mm-hmm. we're in doing that, giving shape to who yeah, we're Yeah, what going your to thought be.
1: process is, how did, how does your day look like? Yeah. You know, what kind of music you listen to and then Absolutely. that's like the the message that you dwell upon. So then it shapes how you, you know, how you interact with other people. It's it can go so many different ways, like how how we relate or what type of stories we choose to dwell upon and what type of perspectives we allow, you know, to inform our lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of perspectives, one of the one of the things that I found, it really changed my perspective on things was the fact that. You were really wrestling with just as you were nearing graduation here. At Breed, <laughs> you were really wrestling with whether or not you would stay here, yeah, and join a label. There was mm-hmm. there was a conversation with with mm-hmm. a small label, but it mm-hmm. was nonetheless a label. Yeah, and you were thinking about: Am I staying here in the states, mm-hmm. and am I recording an album here,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or am I going back home? Yeah, a- and it was. Talk to me. Talk me through that, because I'm sure that was related to choosing the story and, and yeah. giving shape to one and living oh, into one sure. and not the other. So talk yeah, me through nice. that.
1: Thank you so much for remembering that, because that was such a formative time in my life. Hmm. Um, I yeah. So basically, I was at a crossroads between staying in Chicago, which is this dope city with so many cool musicians, so many cool people and thinkers and academics. And I love being around that type of environment. So like you said, there was an opportunity to stay and continue to pursue music and just uh, learn more in that area or go back home. And the wrestle was what kind of person do I want to be? So it goes back to, like you said, culture making and then you make yourself. Yeah. I asked myself, like, what kind of person do I want to be in life and what values do I want to hold to no matter what kind of environment I'm placed in? Hmm. And that drew me back to my roots. That drew me back to what I saw was sacred. And that was um, moving back to Samoa because I want I want to be the type of person that knows where I'm from because that's a gift. I believe that's a gift. Like yeah. so many people don't have that. And I don't want to, you know, and it's interesting to me. History has always been interesting. So personal history is interesting. Yeah. And I want to be someone who is informed about a you know, a, like my context, Mm -hmm. because I do think that, you know, God is detail oriented with how we are made, including our DNA, including our ethnicity. And if I have the opportunity to know that I would not pass it up. Absolutely. You know? So yeah, I decided to move back to Samoa, even though it was less (laughs) glimmery. Sure. (laughs) There was, there was no glitter. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Zero glitter falling from the sky. But I found gold buried in, you know, in the land. So tell us about that. What
0: did you find? What did you end up doing?
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I ended up uh, volunteering with this program that takes people who have undergraduate degrees Mm -hmm. and places them in understaffed schools. Okay. So we have a lot of that in Samoa where a lot of our schools don't have teachers. Yep. So I taught this past year was my second year of teaching. And then while I'm teaching, I'm getting to know, you know, the community, getting to know my family, getting involved in churches over there and just learning what is life like down in American Samoa. Yeah. Because I was gone for so long. So, yeah, I just gave my time space to learn and observe. And
0: to be with the people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you were teaching. What grade were you teaching? Mm
1: -hmm. So I taught seventh grade my first year. Okay. That was crazy. (laughs) Y'all, if you. If you work with middle schoolers or like bruh, 12, 14 year olds, it's intense. Year olds yeah, I have applaud you. My hat goes off to you because you have to stay on your feet 24-7. Even if they're sitting down, yep. you have to almost become like a mom, you know, of the yep. classroom. And some of them do call me mom, which is super weird because I'm like, bro, you're not. Like you call me. We ain't oh. related. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but low key we because we are 'cause we're from somewhere <laughs> Yeah. So seventh grade was my first year and then the second year I was in, I was teaching sophomores and juniors. Okay. Yeah. You jumped to high school. So that was yeah, and that was cool too. So each each age taught me something. But yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, most people don't know this, but just before I came to Moody to mm-hmm. do my undergrad here, I spent one year as a sixth grade math teacher. No, you weren't. I did. I was a terrible math no, teacher. No, you weren't. Terrible. Oh, terrible.
1: my gosh. Are you serious?
0: It was not a. <laughs> I don't talk about it <laughs> that because, is so but good. I was a sixth grade math teacher for one year Are at a Christian serious? middle school. Oh, my yep. word.
1: What? So, okay. So they were already switching periods by then? They like math english
0: at this particular school okay they that's were, crazy they were transitioning some period i i helped with oh that's i so helped funny. with some of the other subjects but the, the one thing that i was hired <laughs> to do was teach sixth grade math and it
1: was did you have to like study again oh what? yeah well
0: i was i was maybe 19 20 years old i was i was too oh. young to be doing it, Whoa. <laughs> it was, i had done a one-year certificate that oh. certified me to teach math and the curriculum that this school was teaching it was
1: that is so funny okay yeah. i was teaching geometry in high school
0: oh were you bro
1: yes i was how'd
0: that go it
1: was it went it went, <laughs> it, went. <laughs> that's how it went. Yeah, you <laughs> learn a lot about <laughs> yourself
0: as a teacher you yeah. learn a lot
1: yeah. yeah yeah
0: yep so anyways that's a complete side note but it is fascinating to think about what happens as you as you take on these roles in these age yeah. groups because they're pretty formative not mm-hmm. just for the the students, the students but even but, for us like yeah. as young people trying to make sense of the world yeah you step into a role that you you yeah. know right like yeah. where you stand and yes. how you're doing I mean, <laughs> it's immediate feedback on whether or not you're helping give shape to the person in the right Whoa. direction you yeah know? And that, that, that's a pretty intense experience wow yeah
1: yeah i like how you said immediate feedback yeah and it goes back to culture making because You are in a group of people doing life together, Yes. figuring out what is worth thought Yes. and what should not be included in, you know, each individual life. Yeah, because a
0: classroom is a small enough size, right, where you get to kind of see that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: especially out in Manua. So I was teaching in Manua High School, and the kids there are awesome. And the biggest class size was like 10 students. So... Ten to one teacher st- student teacher ratio is really good. You know, yeah, you get to know. Sure. Yeah, for
0: sure. for sure, you get to be really in relationship with those kids. Yeah. So you did some other stuff too, though, right? Because you were teaching, but you were mm-hmm. also doing music with uh, yep. a group of yeah kind of high school age. At least I think it were high school yeah. age. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about that.
1: So one aim going back home was to continue doing music because it is so influential. That was that's my main you know goal with making music is to bring community together and to like share a perspective that might not be heard and then giving inspiring or not even inspiring because they inspire me (laughs) honestly but just engaging with others who have that same desire yeah and saying you if you have a song and you don't like what you're listening to now why don't you make one It's a profound idea. Yeah. (laughs) Or like if you, even with fashion or any form of art or profession, it's like if there's something that is not sitting well with you and you feel like you can do a better job or you can do something that is more prone to what you like, Mm -hmm. create it. Mm -hmm. And that was so cool to work with the, so I worked with a worship team down in like, a place we call like happy valley or but basically it was this young group of adults who were leading worship and just really had a desire to like listen to more Samoan or or more polynesian music mm-hmm. that was worshipful and they and i would go to their practice and they would be singing so many cool things and i'm like dude you are the music you're waiting to listen to yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, I like walk into their practice and they're like, man, I really wish that there was this artist, blah blah. blah. And I'm like, bro, as look they're at, singing Yeah, <laughs> and then and then they're like, oh, I just have this melody. And I'm like, literally, yeah, you know? yeah. And I didn't have to do much. All I did was like, literally, just set up the time and then have equipment. And they ran with it. And now they're recording on their own. That's now amazing. they're they just came back from Australia with this music conference. Wow. Yeah, it's it's literally just a mental blockage mm-hmm. of what is possible. And we talked about like those subconscious lines that we can't cross. Yeah, those stories. Yeah. Yeah, those many do not need to exist. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just plugging into that idea of I can make something that is worth listening to, and I can create something that contributes to the conversation absolutely you know so yeah so
0: you made with this group you recorded yep. i know you guys did some youtube videos yeah uh, yeah what what kind of experiences did they have because it was all music of the faith right it was mm-hmm. all worship mm-hmm. i'm assuming they were sort of wrestling with even like they're, they're writing the songs yeah. right so they're wrestling with theology and who yeah. is god yeah uh, one of the things that i found most interesting you guys posted a video it was like uh, i think it was maybe three girls a couple guys oh, yeah. guitar yep. some mountainscapes. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this idea that as you listen to the song, there's references to mountains and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the video captures some of the island that you guys are at. Talk me through how you guys were pulling in. You were using your ladle, right? So you had your typology, your geography was informing the metaphors that you guys were using. Talk me through that. Because that that to me, when I saw the video, I remember Mm -hmm. it sticking out of going, wait, when they say mountains... It's not some vacuum phrase. You mean the mountains that you're looking at, where sometimes here we have Christian music that's, you know, with metaphors that are divorced from what is experienced day to day. Yeah, what we're experiencing in the day to day. Mm -hmm. They're not helping us learn anything about God, Mm -hmm.
1: really. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important, you know, that many different people do provide and create their perspective Mm -hmm. because we see creation differently, because we see... And experience God differently, totally, with their different personalities and inheritance. So, yeah, that making that song was super cool because we were it came in one night and we recorded it the next day. Wow! <laughs> and then yeah, it was like a th- like two and a half day process, just because they were so ready. Yeah, people, I feel like we we recognize that it just takes a start, mm-hmm. and then once you realize that we can make things. And it's like, oh, I want to make so much now because yeah. this is liberating. It's yeah. a liberating process. Totally. So, um, yeah, we drew from Psalms. And we could, when David talked about mountains mm-hmm. and the depths of the ocean, we were actually sitting right next to the ocean when we wrote it. And we we're looking up into a star, star filled night. Yeah. And together. And each person wrote their part. So and there was like three, I don't know, four lines per person. Yeah. And we it took it was so fast because the words were already there. Yeah. And yeah. So one person could be talking about the ocean because they grew up going fishing. Yeah. You know, I was talking about just being like the experiential thought process Mm -hmm. because I grew up away Mm -hmm. and wanted to be here. And the way that I connected was through thought. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like so many dope With
2: kinds thought, of memory. Or remembering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So many cool things of this is how I experience God. And I'm sure that there are others who experience it in a similar way and are looking for that vocabulary that is captured. Yeah. You know. yeah, so. And
0: there, there might be even some others that don't experience God this way, mm. but need to. Right. And they mm. need this perspective. They, they need to be able to capture and see God. From this angle, that you know, from here in the city in Chicago, you can't see God from the mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Like that reference <laughs> yeah. of God coming up over the mountain to set us free. That yeah. that here in Chicago is yeah. it falls flat, right? Mm-hmm. But but someone from Amer- America Samoa can can really drive that home because you can describe it. Yes. You can you yeah. can imagine it in such mm-hmm. in such a way that we can't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I I loved you said earlier that it was liberating. Like yeah. it was. You went from thinking you can't do this to right when you started, it was, oh, wait a minute. It, yep. it like elevated yes. even the, the group's yeah. you know, spirit yeah. and, and their ability to make yeah. with some real energy. Yep. Uh, that's a beautiful idea that, yeah. that uh, even in the process of making, you sort of witness uh, mm-hmm. a kind of change in the person.
1: Yes, it, it was cool to see because that's what I experienced when I came to Chicago and I was pushed to get out of my comfort zone to create. And I was like, "Oh man!" And that is the type of uh, mentality that I would love to take with me back home. Yeah, it's like you don't have to be from a certain place to feel that type of liberation. Mm-hmm. You can make it in your backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can be amongst your own people and voice that out and yeah. see like what comes of it. Yeah. And to be, I'm honored that I was even part of their journey because they're so cool to me. Like their voices, their individual voices have been encouraging to me spiritually. So to see that, you know, light bulb go off Mm -hmm. and say, oh, yeah, I don't have to wait for a different artist. I can be the artist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, like I said, now I think there's one guy who's producing more music than I am now. And I'm like, run with it. Go do it. And, you know, and they're, they're traveling to, yeah, that one of those things is like I'm not able to physically get there. Sure, you know, sure, and that doesn't have to be that way forever, you know, totally. and y- yeah,
0: well, and it sounds like you were in in creating new culture for them, you were intentionally kind of positioning yourself mm. so you could foster and flame, and that's a, that's a background yeah. position, that's a leadership yeah. role, really. Mm. It's making sure that you're giving them room and yeah. space and letting them flourish and, and that's yeah. a that's a profound thing yeah did you expect that to happen we, we asked this to everyone mm-hmm. right we, we always ask the question of you know how much change did you expect to make when you got down there right yeah. did you expect to be you know yeah. helping a group of, of artists young artists get yeah. started on recording yeah you know, what did you expect to actually yeah. do
1: so how you said leadership roles and stuff yeah man so when i enter an, another community or like another a new place since, and this is even from like childhood, you know, like moving with the military. I've learned that the first thing that is so helpful to do is just observe. So I didn't go into Samoa expecting to make all of this like bombastic change and like, woo, this is amazing. You know, sure. I did not expect that, but I strived for it because I know how we are called. Mm-hmm. And because I know the Holy Spirit within us. Like, we hold the hope of glory within us, and you strive to make those changes, but I didn't expect it. Because I feel like, from from my perspective, if I came with an expectation to change something, that would kind of, to me, that would feel arrogant. Sure. You know? Or just too, uh, too quick. Yeah, triumphalistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to do that. But I strove for it, and then the people who wanted to meet me there came, and we ran.
0: Yeah, they were attracted to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think that's what I'll be going forward and like, keeping that mindset, like, striving to do and create. And because then you're in your own lane, and you don't have to worry about, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. all these other unnecessary things. It's just being faithful with what you have. And then the the product of that is actually doing what you want and yeah. actually making culture, yep. you know, and like not having to compete. Yeah. It's like that's unnecessary if the mindset is to simply be who you're created to be, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah there's
0: plenty of room in God's world for us to team with stuff and yes. making.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah so i usually ask people to give open-ended advice um mm-hmm. and say hey what's one thing that you would say hey as a culture maker you should think about this mm-hmm. but you just brought up that observation piece maybe mm-hmm. talk us through you know how long did you observe and then when mm-hmm. did you kick in an action and say okay now is the time right yeah. like wh- when talk to us advise yeah. us on that change yeah piece. so
1: i'm still observing mm-hmm. i don't think the observation position ends yeah in fact i don't think it should Because I do think it is connected with humility. Absolutely. When you are receptive to who's around you and when you're receptive to the messages, then you're seeing people's hearts. You're seeing where they are. And evangelically, like when you're trying to evangelize, you want to see the people you're talking to. Yes. You know, you want to you want to hear them out that we're talking about sharing stories. It's a two way it's a conversation. It's a dialogue. Yeah. If, if I'm the only one speaking, there's a problem. Yes. You know, so I think observation is a introductory step, but is also like part of the process interwoven because we change to based mm-hmm. on our observations and Absolutely. change doesn't change is not a bad thing. You can progressively change, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. And with that, I observe and I'm still observing them and i didn't hit that start button like i didn't say hey guys let's record like the second night i met them yeah, yeah. <laughs> we started working together once we knew each other once we did take that time to hear each other out mm-hmm. i observed them they observed me we had this mutual understanding
0: Like got trust
1: yeah yeah because you don't want to exploit anyone Absolutely. you know i think that's there's too much of that in culture making yeah oh man that is such another topic of like Exploitation is something that has caused so much hurt and it's from a lack of listening mm-hmm. and a lack of understanding and rushing. So yeah. yeah.
0: Not trying to build the relationship. You're just trying to get the product of yeah. culture making.
1: Yeah. And then that just puts the value of the product there's no
0: you know Yeah, it could be even painful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Christiana, this has been a real gift. Oh to no, mutual. get to hear the story. And to hear what you're up to, to, tell us what you're up to next. What's the mm-hmm. next phase
1: yeah. in Christiana's uh, <laughs> world of making and yeah. music and yeah. in general? Tell us, what's coming next? <laughs> so I think I'll always be making music, God willing. You know, he might take it away. Sure. But I would, anywhere I'm at, I'll be creating, whether that's like short story writing or music, but I'll be traveling a bit for the purpose of gaining skills to go back home again. Okay. You know? So my roots are still in Samoa. Like, I want to be there. Yeah. And just recognizing, like, to create a culture of a, of the magnitude that I want or I strive to, I'll need to gain other skills. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. We'll, well, thanks for joining us at World Out Spoken and talking yeah. through that. We're going to be keeping track of what you're up to, keeping tabs oh, on you. thank you. you. And, and sharing as much as we can about what you're up to. We believe in what you do. And mm-hmm. so uh, thanks again for, for being the feature. For yep. those, of, uh, those that are listening, make sure to check out videos we post of Christiana, some of her work. Uh, maybe even we'll show, share some of the stuff that's going on back home in America, Samoa. Of course, these World Outspoken Features are intended to highlight culture makers who are really forming a new city and pointing to and bearing witness to the city that's to come, the city that we all seek as believers. And so thanks for listening. This has been the World Outspoken Feature. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Christiana about the global community and the city we make. Christiana recently released a single which we have the privilege to share with you today. Enjoy the music, and when you're done, don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list so you don't miss out on any new articles from World Outspoken. And now, Christiana is here to perform Wait a Minute.
2: I will be honest, you look nice. To be honest I wouldn't mind if you were mine I know you would have me It wouldn't be a fight I know you would take me I could be your type Wait a minute I'ma make a situation Wait a minute Wait a minute to remember my nation Fa un fa Some pieces are fitting if I forget everything I've learned. Could ignore all these issues, keep the truth unheard. I could do what I want to, satisfy what I think I've earned. Wait a minute, I'm gonna make a situation. Wait a minute, wait a minute to remember my nation. Wait. I'm not the